Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. I guess what we would call a special edition of Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Rick Summers, and sitting not next to me, but far, far away, is my good friend Chris Samino. Hi, Chris. I'm lonely, Rick. This I know. Feels, this feels, <laughs> I'm used to have my buddy next uh, next next to me uh, when we do these things. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little odd feeling. Um, it's a very strange time that we're in, you know. But uh, I, I felt it was, and I think we both feel that it's it's necessary. We we have to do a little special podcast in in terms of how we are all dealing with it, you and I, and the people around us, and what we're seeing. Uh, in particular, I think in in a city like New York that we've all you know we've grown up in, and we know very well. And as you pointed out earlier, uh, off microphone, the last time I can remember anything like this in terms of what the city looks like a ghost town was was nine eleven. Yeah, and somehow there was a different feeling there. Um, this is just well, there was a big question mark hanging over the city then. I remember there was an eerie pall. Over, over New York because of the buildings that had come down and that, that vacant space in the sky. And now it's just this huge question mark that's hanging over us all. As you see people walking down the street, uh, and there are very few people we see on the city streets. And I live right here in Midtown, and it's crazy how deserted everything is. Yeah, again, you know, the steps that have been taken day by day, in particular the city, and we're seeing it across uh, the country as well. You know, first it's uh, large gatherings, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden, they're not doing any events and things of that nature. Then it becomes uh, gathering halls, then it becomes restaurants. Then, you know, so life became smaller and smaller and smaller, and there's really uh, less reason. For any of us to go out and now they're you know pretty much everybody's been forced to stay at home and to work from home as well i don't know if you saw what i posted on my facebook page yesterday but i said it kind of feels like we're on gilligan's island no i agree i mean you know the the i don't i don't ever remember anything in my life you know and that includes going back like i said about 9 11 having that such an extreme isolated feeling and yet living in one of the, you know, largest, you know, certainly one of the largest countries and one of the largest cities, uh, it's just a very, very strange, strange feeling. And there's no ginger or uh, Marianne around, though. That's well, I have my own my own Marianne's hair. So I, there you go. I, and I've got my own. ginger. But, <laughs> You've got your own ginger. That's right. But worse than that is we don't have the professor to help us figure out all the technical crap that we can't seem to sort through. Yeah, the guy that could make, uh, you know, a telephone out of a coconut, um, you know, <laughs> where where's the professor now? But, yeah, uh, yeah. well, you know, and to that point, and, you know, we're hearing things, and I've been, you could sit there. I mean, it's I know you and I have talked about this for, you know, every night now, at the end of the night, two, three hours, I'm sitting there in bed on my laptop just researching and looking at things and reading article after article. And uh, there there's some promise, and you hear that things are moving along in terms of trying to find a way to treat this particular virus uh, with a vaccine and or whatever else. And it's moving at a pace that's unprecedented. We've never seen before. But does that mean 
you know, there's something that really will 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 slow this down or stifle it completely. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a scientist. You'll appreciate this as a, a weather forecaster. When we've had a blizzard coming in, you'd say, yeah, I can see the snow will probably be tapering down about 6 o'clock tomorrow. And you knew it would take 24 hours to get the roads cleared and to get uh, the electricity back on or whatever it is. But there, this is so infinite. There is no no sense of an end date. There's no shelf right. expiration date. And uh and I think that is the most frustrating thing of all, is just not knowing and relying on the media for whatever we can get, these little snippets of panic. Now, you and I were right. talking about uh, New York Magazine this week. I think about it hanging on the newsstands of, of New York City's uh, uh, newsstand vendors, and the cover is New York. Don't panic with, mm-hmm. don't, with don't crossed out. Mm. Yeah, that's that's essentially saying panic, panic. Well, you know, and that's the sense and the feeling I have here is that uh, it's almost a it's a controlled marginally now controlled hysteria. I don't think it, it we've gone totally hysterical uh, or panicked. Some are. Uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I saw something the other night, the lines for guns in Nassau County and Long Island, the gun shops lines out that. the door and there and I and I just I, I, I I'm sorry and I'm not going to get into a political bit about gun ownership but really that's what you're thinking about at this time that we're going this thing is going to lead to such an unlawless society that you need to have a gun to protect yourself or you need more guns to protect yourself and that's where I think we're kind of losing our focus uh yes this is a virus that we've never had before, and that's happened before. That means there have been other viruses. There was the H1N1, the, the bird flu, the, you know, uh, and we've gotten through it. And we're going to get through this one, too. We really are. And I'm not a doctor, and I'm just looking at the numbers and what people say statistically. And we, we talked about how 80% of people who get this have very little symptoms to none. It's the 20%, and within that 20%, it's usually the elderly and those with respiratory issues that the rate of mortality is is higher than a typical flu. Mm-hmm. It's still a new flu. It's still a new virus. We won't call it a flu. It's a new virus, mm-hmm. and it's morphing, and it's changing, and that's always questionable and frightening. But I think we've really, we're really up at the upper end of the scale emotionally where I don't think we should be yet for something like this, but that's my opinion. I'm sure people are going to call me out for it. I'm not downplaying it. I think this is a very serious situation. But, yeah, you know, to put on the front of a magazine, don't panic with a don't crossed out. What are you yeah. telling people? What good does panic do? What what good does hysteria do in moments like this? You and I were talking about this last night because we're both marveling at how the media that you and I used to both work in and make a living from has changed, like, like time warp in the last few days and Valerie my wife who has also uh, got years and years of media experience and I were talking about the fact that nothing's going to come back as it was but I think we're going to see a change in media uh, the way we uh, receive our news just from turning on the TV um, in New York this week and seeing 
newscasters and sportscasters and weathercasters broadcasting from the comfort of their basement at home because they couldn't come into uh, Channel 2 studios in New York because it was infected with corona. So how do you how do you see that media-wise playing forward? Well, you know, uh, I think a lot of the things that are happening now uh, in light of the virus and, and trying to uh, every, get everybody sort of hunkered down into a safer place and to not spread this virus is creating a whole new lifestyle because we're trying to continue some aspects of it as a norm, if you will, or semi-norm. And yeah, you know, media, television, radio, uh, those things are now being done differently. We have the technology. I have a friend who works for the NBC station, does the weather uh, down in Miami, Steve McLaughlin, and they set him up in his apartment with a green screen and lights and cameras and the whole thing, you know. Um, so yes, when we get back to some sense of normalcy and and the virus has has passed on through and we feel safe to go living our lives, I guarantee you, people who run not only television stations and radio stations, but businesses all around the country, perhaps all around the world, who made adjustments for, for this virus are going to say, hmm, huh. I wonder if some of those could be I wonder if some of those could be permanent. You know, do we really need all these people here in the studio? Do I really need yeah. to pay so and so this much money to come in here? Well, you know, and it's going to be a social altering event permanently in some cases. You know, we're, we're going to get back to life again. You know, the stock market will go up again. We will all laugh and smile again. Uh, but things are going to change permanently in some regards. I don't know exactly, but certainly within the media industry, I could see that definitely happen. Yeah. And let me just remind you, he's Chris Amino. I'm Rick Summers. We're broadcasting from separate places here in New York City. And you're listening to Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network as we're doing kind of a an introspective look at what the coronavirus has done to us as New Yorkers, has done to us as middle-aged men, has done to us as guys who are just trying to figure out everything that you're trying to figure out on your end. You know, uh, one of the other things, you know, we talked a little bit, obviously, about the economic impact which is going to be huge, uh, the small business owners, uh, the, the guy, the, the short order cook, the dishwasher, the, the, the you know, uh, people who work in, in hotels, uh, bellhops, et cetera, et cetera, that due to the shutdowns and these fur furloughs or layoffs, that you know there's going to be a percentage of these that are going to be permanent for them. And that's my biggest concern from that standpoint. I know the health thing is obviously the number one concern. That's that's what we're trying to to limit here. Um, but <laughs> you know, I've had this conversation with you many times and a lot of people. And I'm a numbers guy. That's what I do. I'm a sign. You know, I was a meteorologist. I'm 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 a numbers guy, and I look at numbers and statistics and things. And I'm looking at the numbers out of this. And sure, they're very upsetting to see a certain amount of people dying from this virus. But then I started looking at the annual loss of life due to the usual influenza season. And I started to see numbers that are phenomenal. Across the globe, anywhere from 290,000, over a quarter of a million to a half a million people die every year from the flu. Uh, in this country. That's okay. Uh, is that a dry cough? Yes, it is. Well, I'm glad you are where you are at this point. But, uh, Me too. But be you know, well. No, but 
Go ahead. No, but you. But the point. My point being is, we look at these numbers, and the only thing this is uh, when I say, you know, hey, look, typically thirty, forty thousand Americans this year already. Over twenty thousand Americans, I believe, uh, have have died from regular flu. About 150 or 160 children have died, and that number will continue to go up. And this is not even a really bad flu season, if you will. We've had worse seasons than this. My only point is, why do we just it kind of just, you know, well, the flu season's coming, go get a flu shot, good enough. But yet we're, we're probably, we probably lose many more people than we're going to lose from this thing, this virus, that we are going crazy about and panicking about. I think we should be doing the things we're doing to a degree for this virus. But what do we do every flu season? I don't think we're, we bring enough attention. You and Valerie were talking about how about just getting people to understand the value of good health, of taking care of themselves and being prepared to have a strong immune system to fight these things off. We don't promote that very much. I don't, I don't feel like every flu season I'm being told, you know, stay a certain distance away, do this, do that. Um, it kind of becomes blasé, and yet every year we lose 30, 40,000 people to the flu of all ages, not just elderly. And that's why this shift in, in, in our behavior and our total societal way of living for this particular virus does have me a little confused or baffled compared to the normal flu season. And, and, and that's, you know, again, that's not to dismiss. I'm not dismissing this because people go, oh, so you don't think anything great's happening here? This is not something we should be. No, 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 no. All I'm saying is, though, at the end of the day, if every year 30, 40,000 Americans die from the flu and, and 10,000 die from this, what made this so much worse than I what know. is it the flu season? And that just makes me shake my head. You know, even in Italy, tragedy what's happened there they get this wave and they've had this spike. I mean, that's the thing about this virus. It comes in like a tsunami and, and you know, a lot of people die in a short period of time and the hospitals can't handle it. But there were a couple of flu seasons in 2015 and 2017 where they lost 68,000 people. Right now they've lost over 3,000 people. So what, what, where was the, the panic when 68,000 people died in two flu seasons there? And yeah. that's what I'm not understanding. I'm, I'm still confused by that. Well... We're all but I'm only a meteorologist. What do I know? <laughs> I'm not a doctor, though. I play one on TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but to get away from that, yeah, the, you know, let's, let's go to the other side of this, which is kind of the, I think, the social side. So now families are stuck inside together. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, we joke around that the divorce rate has got to skyrocket after this. The birth rate is probably <laughs> going to skyrocket after this. I was going to say, yeah, there's the, there's the good news, too. There might be a baby boom after this, but... <laughs> yeah. You, you went right for the divorce rate, didn't you? Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, closing thoughts before we get to Always Sunshine? Well, I mean, basically, look, we're all in this together. I don't think we should start... Because you, you sense it out there. There's political lines being drawn. This is not the time for that. This is not the time for political nitpicking. This is not the time to draw lines in the sand and have power plays over, well, I made this decision and you make that decision. This is about humanity and trying to keep it safe and trying to do the right things and trying to stay ahead of something. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping when we look back at this, it becomes something that we could say, hey, we really did the better safe than sorry. 
We didn't need everything we did, but I'm glad we did it because we were better safe than sorry. That's how listen, I want this to play out. Listen, if I can take one of your Jersey boys and quote Bruce Springsteen and say how prophetic, someday we'll look back on this and it will all seem funny. I don't know if we're in a laugh mood yet, but I hope and can't wait we get to that point. Yeah, I think there there will be some parts of this and there will be some memories made for people that were positive that come out of this just because of the fact that they got a chance to slow everything down, slow their busy lives down and realize who they are and to be yeah. able to even appreciate each other for who we are, including, uh, you know, we see a lot of things on on, on the Internet and pictures of, of people. The, the kids are home and they're working from the home. One of them had taped over each kid's mouth. It's like, <laughs> it's like but the reality is also parents are getting a chance to spend some time with their kids and, and families are sort of reunited a little bit. And some of that could be a really positive thing. So it, let, let's hope this isn't all negative. There, there, there should be something we should look to find a little bit of a silver lining out of this. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Uh, again, everybody stay safe. Do what you're told to do. Uh, behave yourselves. Try to have some fun in the interim. And, uh, you know, from middle-aged warriors, sunshine always, Rick. Thank you, Chris. We'll see you soon. Hey, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five if you're feeling generous. We're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V, and at Believe Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.